still looking to break its losing streak. The Hoosiers head to Columbus tonight with a chance at a big win, but a really big test ahead of them. Women's basketball team slips up, and now the Big Ten is out of their control. We'll recap that game and go over the Big Ten title scenarios. Talk a little bit about how that Michigan-Wisconsin wild fight at the end of the game might uh, positively impact the Hoosiers. Lots to talk about today. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Monday, February 21st. This, as always, is Locked on Hoosiers, your daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers uh, part of your day, and more importantly, your first listen every day. A reminder, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. We debut the shows there at 7 a.m. every morning. Uh, for a chance to have all the Hoosier fans uh, get in there, talk about IU together as part of your morning routine. Got a lot to talk about today. Uh, Going to talk about that wild scene at that Michigan-Wisconsin game, how there might be some uh, positive repercussions, I guess, for the Hoosiers. Um, We also are going to talk about just previewing the men's basketball game tonight, obviously, and the women's basketball game over the weekend against Iowa. It was a loss. It was a weird game. It's one that has a lot of implications now moving forward. The Hoosiers no longer in control of whether they win the Big Ten title or not, so big blow on that one. Before we jump into any of that, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. As always, you can subscribe to Locked On Hoosiers wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. We're going to try to start doing halftime spaces to talk about the game. Uh, we're going to, tr- we may try to do something tonight. The men and women are going to be playing simultaneously. So uh, I'm not sure how things will line up. We're going to try to do something at halftime of the men's game tonight. Might be a watch-along for the final bit of the women's game. We'll see how that plays out, but we'll be tweeting about it. Uh, so be sure to follow us on Twitter. You can join in on uh, Spaces to talk about the men's game, the women's game both uh, as well. We got to start with whatever happened at this Michigan-Wisconsin game. For those that missed it, I'm not sure how. It was all over the place on Sunday. Uh, the... The end of the game, I I admittedly did not watch the game. I kind of caught up with everything secondhand. Uh, Michigan was losing by double digits, was still pressing at the end of the game. Wisconsin, Greg Gard took, uh, we're not fond of that, we'll say, and called a timeout late. Juwan Howard was not fond of that, and the end result was Juwan Howard taking his time getting to to the handshake line. Um, and Greg Gard taking exception to that, just a lot of guys being unnecessarily offended about things, uh, gave him a little forearm to stop, and uh, got it. those two had a heated exchange that escalated real quickly before Juwan Howard started swinging a, an open hand, a fist. It really doesn't matter. He should have been swinging anything, uh, and that led to a pretty 
pretty ugly scene, if I'm being honest, of players swinging at one another, big fight breaking out. And what I can only assume is going to be some some lengthy suspensions. Uh, listen, I somebody said it. Uh, Wisconsin might be an aggravating fan base or an aggravating program, I should say. Uh, you can't do that as a coach. Like that is just rule number one. Uh, so I think I would imagine there's going to be a pretty uh, lengthy suspension for Juwan Howard. A handful of players I saw were swinging away. I would imagine they're going to be suspended as well. Listen, if you're the Hoosiers, you certainly, absolutely, under no circumstances, do you ever want um, anybody getting into any kind of fights. But um, this is kind of a, this could be a bit of a positive for the Hoosiers. Juwan Howard suspended. If various players are suspended, Michigan's a team that's on the bubble. Hoosiers are falling further and further backwards to that bubble. Um, the more teams that struggle on the bubble, the better the Hoosiers are. So in that sense alone, uh, this could be a, a small positive for the Hoosiers. That's one less team. Potentially, uh, you have to worry about that Michigan team has been hot and cold all season long. Who knows how they're going to respond to this? Uh, there hasn't really been any sort of consistency to them all season. But uh, if you're looking at that straight from an IU perspective, having a bubble team kind of imploding like that and facing some suspensions, uh, that could help them, assuming that, things kind of go worse for them with those suspensions. It's no telling how this Michigan team's going to react to that. Uh, they're, they've been impossible to predict all season, but uh, what a weird and wild scene. Uh, it, e even looking at Michigan, whatever they might do, uh, none of this matters if the Hoosiers don't get back on track, and they're going to have a chance tonight uh, taking on Ohio State, tip-off tonight, 7 p.m. in Columbus uh, at uh, – as I said, at 7 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Uh, Ohio State is 16-7 and seven on the year, 9-6 and six in the Big Ten. Since that loss to IU, they've been mediocre, if I'm being honest. 7-4 and four, uh, overall, 6-4 and four in the Big Ten. The one non-Big Ten game was a win over IUPUI. Uh, so it's not – they haven't really blown anyone out of the water. They've won the games they should. They lost the games they should. Uh, they beat Michigan's kind of their only marquee-ish win in that span. Uh, they've lost to Wisconsin, Purdue, Rutgers, Iowa. So uh, Rutgers might was probably the only kind of ugly loss in that span. The rest of those you would expect. Um, it's been a it's been a just I, average isn't the right word. They're an above average team, but basically have done what you expect them to do this season. Still, as I said, a really good team. Huge opportunity for Indiana. This is one of their last opportunities to get a big win. Uh, there's only a handful of them left this season. Um, Hoosiers travel to Ohio State tonight. Then they're going to have a trio of games that aren't really going to boost their resume if they win. They have to win them, but uh, it doesn't do much for them if they win before going to Purdue, uh, which is going to be a, a daunting task, to say the least. Um, and then you have the Big Ten tournament. You can't really count on IU to do anything in the Big Ten tournament. So this is one of the last chances to get a win, and I think this is a winnable game. They beat Ohio State in Bloomington, so we know this is a winnable game. Most importantly over anything, this losing streak's got to get snapped, and I'm afraid it might not tonight, uh, but we will see. Uh, this is The quicker this losing streak gets snapped, 
um, the less pressure some of these remaining games are going to have because those three games against Maryland, Minnesota, and Rutgers are becoming must-win games, and that's a, a daunting task. But um, we're going to dive into this Ohio State team, how they've been since the Hoosiers last played them, and uh, who has stood out. Obviously, EJ Liddell is going to be one of them, but look at some of the players who have stood out for them uh, in Big Ten play so far this year. Look, guys, football season might be over this year, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. If you see me glancing over, it's because the All-Star game is on and uh, kind of halfway paying attention to that in the NBA. I know a lot of people don't like that, but uh, college hoops, March Madness is right around the corner as well. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired head coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the number one place in the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. I really do appreciate it. Uh, we're free and available wherever you guys are listening to your favorite podcast app. Let's look at this Ohio State team. Again, it's a team the Hoosiers are familiar with, uh, a team the Hoosiers beat. Uh, when you look at strictly Big Ten play, which we have enough of a sample size, that's generally what I look at now on Ken Palm. Uh, looking strictly at Big Ten play, uh, Ohio State is, uh, excuse me, third in offensive efficiency, seventh in defensive efficiency. They're uh, just marginally above average on defense. Uh, but you're looking at one of the better offenses uh, in the Big Ten, at least in conference play, 12th in possession length. So uh, they are going to be slow uh, with how they uh, work, which I, I don't really know that the speed of the opponent has really mattered too much for the Hoosiers this season. Uh, they've been pretty much what they are throughout the year, regardless of how uh, the opponent plays. Uh, more than just being third in the Big Ten in offensive efficiency, Ohio State is ninth nationally. So uh, this is just an overall really good offense. They're second in effective field goal percentage. That being said, they do turn the ball over a fair amount. Ninth in turnover percentage, 16.4%. Um, their average at getting offensive rebounds, average at getting to the free throw line. But they're above average at shooting the three, shooting the two, shooting the free throws. While they may not get there, they are third in the Big Ten in free throw percentage, fourth in three-point percentage, second in two-point percentage. Um, they do get blocked a fair amount, uh, ninth in block percentage offensively, which means, as I said, teams can block them. It's not a very big uh, Ohio State team is the best way to kind of interpret that. And uh, it's non-steal turnovers, It's so it's – Dead ball turnovers, if you're going to have turnovers, I guess coaches would prefer that. They would prefer not to have them at all. But uh, this is a team that's going to get up a lot of three-pointers. They're second uh, in three-pointers attempted per field goal attempted. So they're going to put up a lot of threes, and they are going to make a fair bit amount of them. So it's going to be imperative for the Hoosiers to defend the perimeter tonight. Uh, when you look at them defensively, like I said, they're, they're average overall. It's kind of hot and cold. Fourth in effective field goal percentage, but they do not force turnovers. 
uh, average at allowing offensive rebounds, which has been an area the Hoosiers have kind of declined in and getting offensive rebounds. Uh, average at um, putting opponents on the line, so it's their sixth, not really strength, not really a weakness. Uh, they do defend the three-pointer, the two-pointer well. They're third and fourth in those respectively, uh, and they're fourth in block percentage. So um, they do defend the rim well, but they, again, just don't force turnovers. They give up a decent amount of threes um, and are average in uh, assists per field goal made, so they allow a lot of assists. Um not a lot to determine from, or yeah, determine from that. So basically, it's a really good offense that carries an average defense, should we say, uh, maybe slightly above average defense. So um, there are a lot of names that I'm sure people are familiar with on this Ohio State team, but none more than EJ Liddell, who uh, is still one of the best players in the Big Ten, even if maybe one of the lesser talked about ones as the season's gone along. He's still averaging 19.7 points, uh, 51% shooting from the field, 40% shooting from the three-point line, uh, 7.6 rebounds. We did see, though, and I would imagine Race Thompson's going to be on him tonight, and he held him in check last time. Race Thompson's a good defender, and I think he matches up well with EJ Liddell. That being said, uh, if <laughs> they're going to want revenge, especially EJ Liddell. So uh, it could be a big night for him. Uh, I'm confident in what Race Thompson can do defensively, though. Malachi Branham averaging 11.2 points overall, but in conference play is at 14.1. Again, shooting 50% from the field, 50% from the three-point line on three attempts per game. Uh, the two of them, uh, Liddell and Branham, uh, average a tick under seven threes a game and shoot about 45% combined, so... Uh, this is a team that is going to have some dangerous three-point shooters. For an IU team that's kind of been hot and cold, you've seen at times they've had breakdowns on pick-and-roll defense that has led to three-point shooting. That Michigan game is going to stick out every time when you think of that. Uh, I'm sure that's been a point of emphasis this week. Uh, Zed Key, nine points, 5.7 rebounds per game. Uh, Kyle Young is at 8.1 points off the bench. Uh, he's shooting 50% from the field, but only 32% from three. Uh, one of the very few shooters on this team that is not above average uh, from the three-point line. Jamari Wheeler is seven points on 37.5% three-point shooting. Just up and down the roster, this team is pretty good at three-point shooting, um, and everybody seems like a weapon in that area. So Again, it's a team IU played earlier this season. I'm sure they're familiar with them. I'm sure you're familiar with them. Um, IU doesn't have a great record at Ohio State and Columbus, 27 and 37 since 1949, but they have lost seven of their last nine games there. Uh, the only wins, 2013, number one Indiana beat number 10 Ohio State. Um, Vic had 26 points in that game, one of his best games of his IU career. Uh, Cody Zeller at 24 and eight, uh, Watford had 20 and six. Uh, I, that was one of my favorite games, hyped game that lived up to the hype. Uh, and that was one of the best games that I, that IU team played for being honest, 2017, IU won 96 to 92 in a shootout. 
Uh, all five IU starters scored at least 11 points. Uh, Rojo, Robert Johnson had 26 points. James Blackman had 22. Thomas Bryant had 16. Josh Newkirk, there's a name we don't mention often, 18 points. Uh, that has a team IU shot 58% from the field. It was 12 of 23 from three. I would take 12 of 23 from three tonight in a heartbeat. I would be impressed if they, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it would be a miracle if they shot 23 three-pointers tonight. Uh, it's probably not a good thing because that means they're trying to come back late. Uh, but I would happily take 12 of 23 from three. So, again, this, is, this isn't a must-win game. If you don't win this one, the next three games are must-win games. So if you want to take some pressure off the Minnesota-Maryland-Rutgers games in whatever order that they, they come up, I don't have the schedule in front of me, uh, you win this one, you get a lot of breathing room. If you look at Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology, IU is still a 10 seed. They're not even the last four in or like the next four in. They're probably the ninth or 10th team kind of in the bracket right now. So that's encouraging, but that being said, I've had kind of had this one in penciled in as a loss. Uh, Ken Palm doesn't have a lot of faith in IU in this one. Uh, they have Ohio State with a 71% win probability, uh, a six-point margin of victory expected, 72 to 66. I've had this penciled in as a loss, but again, if that happens and you need IU to win the next three games, uh, against Maryland, Minnesota, Rutgers. They have had a three-game winning streak twice this year. The first six games of the season when they played nobody outside of St. John's, and then when they beat Merrimack, Notre Dame, Northern Kentucky. Outside of that, they have not won three straight games. and So they their last three-game winning streak ended before Christmas. So you're asking a lot of Indiana, because that also would include uh, a, a road Big Ten game, which... We've seen the Hoosiers on the road this season. So, again, this is not a great spot for Indiana. I don't think this is a must win. I don't think they should panic, but we're getting close, and that is worrisome. So uh, this is a big, big opportunity. You win this game, you take a lot of pressure off these last four games and the next three games specifically. So 7 o'clock tonight, uh, FS1. Excited for this one. Hopeful that the Hoosiers can finally snap this losing streak. Women's basketball team played Saturday on senior day. Was not the send-off that it could have been, should have been. Um, the Hoosiers are probably going to host another game, so it's not technically their last game in Assembly Hall. They should be hosting NCAA tournament games there. Um, so it's not the final game at Assembly Hall for this group, but it, and that's a good thing because they lose on Saturday. We're going to go through that game. And where it leaves them in the Big Ten standings, because it's not pretty right now. They do not control their own destiny. We're going to go through all of that. Look, this is a time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution, because I actually enjoy eating them. If you guys haven't already, try the Puffs. Uh, you're missing out if you haven't tried them. They're one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Uh, yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. Uh, they're all so good. These are 
these are going to be your new favorite once you try them. Uh, all built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, including the puffs. Um, that is honestly to me what makes them so delicious and taste like a candy bar. Uh, unlike a candy bar, they're low in calorie, high in protein. You replace these with those candy bars, they're better for you. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com, scroll down to the macro chart, you'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carbs. Uh, the other great part about them is all the flavors they have available. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. And new this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious. New flavors are constantly being added. Uh, if you think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It's delicious, and it will be good for you. So go to Built.com. Check out what's available. Use promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Let's dive into this women's game because there's a lot to talk about, the takeaways from it. Uh, in the end, Iowa beats the Hoosiers on Saturday afternoon, 96 to 91. I'm going to hold my complaints because this was a top 25 showdown with uh, a top five program in Indiana, possibly the national player of the year. Uh, and it wasn't on TV anywhere. It was behind a paywall. I've complained about Big Ten Network enough this year. You guys know how I feel about that, but that was absurd to me. Regardless, um, it was probably a good thing it wasn't on TV because IU was not great. They trailed by as many as 24 points uh, in the or through the first three quarters, then proceeded to score a program record 42 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, the deficit was so big, though, that they, despite that, 42 points in a 10-minute quarter they do not win. Got the deficit as low as four points in the final minute, but it was not enough. And they fall by five. Um, it was not Caitlin Clark, the potential player of the year uh, winner that did the damage on the night. It was Monica Sinano, who had 22 points. Uh, McKenna Warnock had 21 points. All five starters for Iowa had double digits. Hoosiers kept Caitlin Clark in check, like relatively speaking. 18 points, 12 assists. She shot 7 of 17 from the field and 1 of 5 from 3. That's as good as you're going to do on her. It was everybody else that really beat up the Hoosiers and uh, really did the damage on the night. <clears throat> IU was battered in the paint, if we're being honest, in the first half. Overall, it ended 44 to 44 in the paint, but IU only had 14 points in the paint in the first half, 30 points in the second half. That was one of the keys to their comeback was attacking the paint. Uh, Sonano, post player, kind of anchored the paint offensively for Iowa. Um, it's it's a little harsh, but it's fair that Mackenzie Holmes is still working back, and she got outplayed in this game uh, by Sonano. Listen, it's to be expected. She's in her second game back playing against a top 25 team. Nothing against her. This is why you wanted her back now, so she's ready for the tournament. But the result is on Saturday, uh, she looked like a player still working her way back, and Iowa was able to take advantage of that. It wasn't until the second half that the Hoosiers began really attacking the paint and getting Sonano in foul trouble, um, forcing other or forcing her to be less aggressive and really changing how Iowa played. 
Uh, Goulbe finished with 22 points to fit to lead IU. Grace Berger had 21. Ali Patberg had 18. Not enough, uh, but 91 points. It is there are very few occasions you're going to score 91 points and not win. There, it was just a, a week ago, maybe a little bit more, that the Hoosiers hadn't allowed anyone to score over 70 points. So props to Iowa for blowing that out of the water. Uh, they shot. Uh, 56% from the field, 10 of 19 from three. Um, that is one of the best offenses in the in the country, and they showed why on the night. So, or on the day, I should say, it was a, a four o'clock start. So, where's that leave of the Hoosiers? Shout out to Aaron Shifron. I hope I may have butchered that last name. He messaged me. I had some of the scenarios wrong uh, on Friday's episode. Uh, he writes for Assembly Call. He messaged me. Gave me the scenarios on Friday. Uh, obviously, we had to adjust some of those uh, for the Hoosiers losing. But big shout out to him. He helped me out for the Hoosiers' um, Big Ten title scenarios. I the, the main thing I had wrong was that I was going to end up playing one less game than everybody else because of that COVID outbreak, uh, which means they could finish with the same amount of losses as a team, but the other team is going to have more wins. So they would have a better win percentage. So there is no need for a tiebreaker. Uh, perfect example of that right now. Sunday night, Big Ten standings, both Michigan and Indiana have three losses. Michigan is 12-3, and three, Indiana is 11-3. and three. So if Indiana finishes tied with anybody on record, um, they're not going to win that tiebreaker because they haven't played as many games. So... That really that that makes that Iowa game really hurt because the Hoosiers, it's out of their control. They first off, before you look at what anybody else has to do, Hoosiers have to win their next two games. And that starts tonight. They're gonna play Iowa again. Eight o'clock start. This one is going to be on Big Ten Network. So I don't you don't have to hear a complaint in tomorrow's episode. Uh so we're gonna have simultaneous games going on. I hope you have multiple monitors or an iPad or or something, a tablet to watch two games. Hoosiers have to win against Iowa tonight and Maryland on Friday. Full stop. If they don't do that, none of the rest of this matters. Um, Michigan beat Maryland on Sunday, which puts them in the driver's seat. If they win out, uh, they are your Big Ten champions. Uh, right now, the Hoosiers and Michigan are the only teams with three losses in the Big Ten. Ohio State, Maryland, and Iowa all have four. Uh, so if I use going to win, they need Michigan to lose. If they're going to win the Big Ten title, Michigan has to lose. There's two shots at that. Uh, they will play Michigan State on Thursday. Michigan State already has a win over them. Take of that what you will. I'm assuming Michigan is going to be out for revenge, to say the least. It's, a, it's not a great Michigan State team, but um, that is a possibility. The more likely one is on Sunday, next Sunday, when Iowa hosts Michigan. Um, that means that unless Michigan loses on Thursday, IU is not going to know whether it won the Big Ten title when they finish up their regular season. They could win both games and still be unsure if they're Big Ten champions on Friday against Maryland. Um, so if you're a Hoosier fan, you need to be rooting for Michigan to lose one of these last two games, Thursday or Sunday. I believe that I have <laughs> have it right this time. Um, but it's going to be a wild week. 
We talked about it last week, how this um, this final week of Big Ten play was shaping up. Iowa, or excuse me, Maryland was going to have a big say in it. They did, but probably not in the way that they thought because they gave Michigan the upper hand now. So um, on top of all this is Big Ten um, con- or Big Ten tournament seeding. Uh, right now, obviously, IU is the two seed. Uh, and on top of all that is uh, overall who's going to be a possible number one seed in the um, NCAA tournament. Uh, the Hoosiers are going to have to win out to do that. And if they add two more top 25 wins, which I assume Maryland will still be ranked, uh, at the very least tonight, they will have, if they went out, they'll have a top 25 win. They do that, and they're the Big Ten uh, regular season champions, then it's a decent case. At the very least, you'd imagine they're a two seed. So that's also mixed in there. As long as they're a top four seed, um, they will host a. Uh, the opening two rounds at Assembly Hall. Even if they lost both games to end the season, there still would be, I think, a decent chance at their top four seed. You probably don't want to play with fire like that, though. So uh, it's going to be a compelling week for the women's basketball team starting tonight against Iowa. That'll do it for us today. Thanks for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow with two recaps, the men's game at Ohio State, the women's game at Iowa. Hopefully we're talking about two victories. Now, make your second listen, the Locked on NFL Draft podcast. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Appreciate all the love you guys continue to give us. I know I say that every episode. I really do mean it. This has been awesome to do this season. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and review. That helps us out immensely. Uh, It's going to be a busy week. I'm excited to be here with all you guys to do it. Most importantly, though, guys, uh, have a great Monday. Go Hoosiers and LEO.